Hey there on this May 23, 2021. It's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And I believe you're connected on this Pentecost Sunday because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in it. Father, we honor you this morning. We thank you. We give you glory and honor for who you are. Who are you? You are our God. It's in you that we put our trust. We love you. We appreciate you. We adore you. We give you the fruits of our lips. Lord God, we give you humble thanks and gratification and all that you, for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. You're such a great God. Father, we honor you for that. You've been good to us. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. We thank you because, because before the foundations of the earth, Lord, you prepared a sacrifice. That sacrifice came upon this earth through the birth, through the life, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, therefore, we can call him Abba Father. And we thank you for the finished work of the cross that purchased our salvation, that purchased our healing, that purchased our deliverance, that purchased our freedom, purchased our freedom of our mind, peace in our mind. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, because you didn't forget forgot about anything in creation. You thought of everything, and everything that exists, ever did exist, and ever will exist is, is because of your handiwork. And, Father, we thank you for allowing us to have just a little part in that and have an authority. And we thank you for the authority that you have given us as believers, as your children, as sons and daughters of your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord. Father, we don't take it for granted. We don't take salvation for granted, Lord. And therefore, we come to you, Lord, and we say, Lord, have we done anything aware or unaware that was not pleasing to you, Lord, that we walked away, Lord God, for, from the altar safety, Lord God, and we, if our thoughts took us places that we didn't suppose to go or our feet and our bodies took us places where we didn't suppose to go, thoughts that we didn't suppose to think, God, we ask that you forgive us, Lord. We want your mind. We want your heart. We want to be able, Lord God, to be pleasing to you in all our ways. You said, Lord, in all our ways, acknowledge you because you will direct our path. Father, we live in a day and a time where we need our path to be directed. We need our footsteps to be precisely the steps that you want us to take. And so, therefore, we take away, Lord God, in and, and we push aside in and everything, God, that is not of you that want to come to hinder us, Lord God, our shortcomings and our downfalls. God, we come to you, Lord God, pure, and we come naked before you, Lord God. You know already know everything about us. And, God, there are some things, Lord God, that we need a fixing. Hallelujah. And we, God, present it to you, Lord God, that you may fix it, that you, Lord God, may come and rearrange our lives and to, to be, Lord God, to be what you want us to be. At the end of the day, Lord God, we want to please you. We want to please you, Lord. 
We want to please you, Lord. We want to please you in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in this world, Lord God, in this temporary place that you have given us to occupy until you come. Father, we want to please you, Lord. Lord God, I know sometimes it takes us out of our comfort zone where we want to be ourselves and what we want to do ourselves. But God, we know, Lord God, your word said uh, for us, for order for us to live, we got to be willing to lay down and lose our lives, Lord. And Father, irregardless to what we see and smell and taste and, and desire, Lord God, of the world, Lord God, we want to please you because, Lord God, we know you want to use us in this day and in this time and this season. Lord God, and we thank you even for this day, Lord, as we celebrate the releasing of your power the releasing of your power amongst the saints, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit that rested upon that, that those uh, disciples and those who waited up in the upper room, Lord. You poured out your power upon them. And God, you told them you have given them power to be witnesses unto you, Lord. And that same power is with us today. That same power live in us and is on us and is walk with us and is talk with us. And we thank you for the authority and the gifts of the Spirit, God, that you have given us to operate in this earth under your authority and with your power. And Father, with that, Lord God, you have given us your Holy Spirit that live with us, that teach us and bring us to, uh, uh, to us all things, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for the power of the believer. We thank you, Lord God, that no weapon that's formed against us shall be able to prosper. Father, we thank you for the power of believer, Lord God, that we shall walk upon tread upon serpents and scorpions, and they shall not harm us. We thank you for the power of the believer, that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lord God, we thank you because that even, Lord God, it, 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 it even talk about us. We can lay hands on ourselves and pray the prayer of faith and believe and receive because you have given us the authority, the authority and your power is with us and in us and we thank you for that we thank you Lord God because when we couldn't get to a church house when we couldn't get to the preacher Lord God we could have access to you 24-7 Lord God we got a phone in our bosom that we can call you anytime Lord God and we thank you Lord God that we don't have to depend upon man we don't have to depend upon no one to go to you for us that we can come to you ourselves and, and Lord God, that's a privilege and that's an honor. And God, we don't take that for granted to be able to talk to you like we are talking to you this morning, that we can come together and pray, Lord God. We can link our faith together. We can stand in the gap and we can intercede for the things of this world. And, the, and not only this world, Lord God, the thing that's concerning our hearts, Lord God, the heaviness that you put on our hearts, the things that you put on our hearts, you gave and you burdened us with us that we may pray that we may call upon the true and living God there is no other God but you and we serve you Lord God
God. And so therefore, we operate in the power of you, Lord God, as we pray for our families, as we pray for our children, as we pray for our grandchildren. We pray, Lord God, for generations. We pray for children that don't have praying grandparents. They don't have anyone praying for them, Lord God, as a family. But we pray, Lord God, we pick up the slack this morning. We pray, Lord God, for that neighbor, that person cross town, Lord God, that person cross state, God, in another country we may not never lay eyes upon. But we pray, Lord God, for them. And we lift them up, Lord God, because the love of you are is in our heart, in our heart that we may pray, Lord God. You told us to pray without ceasing. Pray, Lord God. You told us to pray, Lord God. Oh, God, and we come this morning. That's what we're doing. And, Lord God, we love doing it because this is our desire to please you, Lord God, to to occupy in this earth until you come back, Lord. There are so many trials and tribulations that goes with this life. But you have given us the victory. You have given us the victory already. You told us that the thief coming not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But you, you, Christ, the Lord, Jesus Christ, come that we may have, Lord God. Lord God, that we may have power, that we may have the victory, Lord God. Oh, God, and we thank you for that power and that victory that you have given to to us unto, by your son, Jesus Christ. And we bear the cross this morning. You said, Lord, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for us, Lord God, and we bear that cross. Sometimes it gets heavy. Sometimes we want to put it down. But we thank you for the presence in our hearts and our spirit and the willingness in our hearts to carry the cross, to carry your name and to bear your name, Lord God, and we thank you. And we pray, Lord God, for our neighborhoods. And we pray, Lord God, that you will continue to protect us even in the midst of danger, even in the midst of all of the stuff that's going on around us, even in the midst of so much darkness. But you have brought us into the marvelous light. You said that we shall be a city that sit on a hill that cannot be hidden. In the midst of darkness, there is light because there is us, Lord God, and there are your people, your people that you said, if my people, if my people, you got some if people this morning, you got some people that know how to call upon your name and they are humbling themselves when they could be going out and doing what they want to do, but they are humbling themselves and they come this morning, oh, for this service to be imparted into, to be poured into, Lord God, to go away from this place, go away from this hour being electrified and, and being, Lord God, just energized to do the things that you have called us to do. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for the ceasefire that is over in Jerusalem and Gaza Strip over there. We thank you, Lord God, for calming that. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing the gas, Lord God, to come in plentiness. And, and thank you, Lord God, for not allowing the tax to be longer. And Lord God calls us to run out. Father, we thank you for that. Lord God, Lord God, it's a little dry outside, but we do thank you for the sunshine. And we thank you for the rain, because the rain 
rain will come, and we thank you for the rain, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the, a place that we can live, that we don't have to call in our house to be ashamed to worship you. We can go outside right now and lift our hands towards you and give you the praise and give you the glory. We thank you, Lord, for that. That's you, Lord God, has given us this freedom in this nation, and we pray that this nation never forgets you. We pray, Lord God, that there will always be people of prayer, always people standing in a gap that's willing to pray, that's willing to, Lord God, to say, God, we love you in despite of all that is going on around you. We will serve you. We will glorify you, and we will magnify your name. You're such a great God. You're such a great God, and we thank you, Lord God, and we praise you, and we give you the glory, and it all belongs to you because you are our God, and it is in you that we put our trust. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. Till I die, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. Praise God. At this time, we have our meditation and prayer. Maybe I didn't mention that thing that's on your heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's present that before him now. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. I will trust in the Lord till I die. I I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust. And the Lord till I die. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, first virtual. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Could you put the coffee down just enough to say good morning, hallelujah. Don't spill it, hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So Good morning. Good, y'all sounding so good out there this morning. You sound like I'm right there at the house with you. Just fix an extra cup and put it there. I might come by and sip on it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, welcome. Welcome to all of you all that 
has joined us this morning, uh, first virtual, and we thank God that you have chosen to be here today. You could have chosen to be chose to be somewhere else, but you chose to be here with us. And I'm sure that in the midst of this hour, God is going to speak to your heart, and you're going to go away from this place being renewed electrified and energized to do the things of God. On the behalf of our pastor and first lady, we appreciate all of you and we thank God for you. And I'm pretty sure before the end of this service, you will say, didn't my heart burn as we was in the presence of the Lord? We appreciate you and hang tight, get that coffee and get ready to be blessed by the Lord. Well, good morning, Brother Dennis. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, it is. Coffee. Got my coffee and ready to go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for uh, your prayers this morning. We certainly appreciate it. I know I do, and I hopefully everyone else does too. It's always a great, great way to start a service. So some time Praise prayer. God and celebration, right? Amen. All right. Well, Good morning, everyone. I hope everybody's up morning, and happy. Good morning. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a bright, sunny day. It's going to be even nice and a uh, little crispy outside, but that's okay, you know. Uh, in the presence of God, it's always a bright day, and we have to remember that. You know, I was, um, this week's been one of those weeks, uh, you know, you kind of, uh, I don't know, the Lord's just really been, you know, working on my mind and my heart this past week, and, you know, sometimes we we uh, tend to get lost, get lost in the daily, daily work that we do, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, sometimes we we lose we lose our focus, and this is something that we that I have to work on. Hopefully, uh, you all don't have the problems that I do, but uh, you know, we we lose the focus sometimes on on uh, what we should keep our, uh, our our eyes. You know, we we talk about the, you know if we keep our eyes on on Jesus, things will things will work out. If we keep our uh, focus on God, everything will be fine. But you know, there are other things that we need to that we need to focus on. Uh, and uh, as uh, this month is rapidly coming to a close, you know, we uh, we have other other obligations and, and, and things that are coming up here uh, in the next few weeks and, and whatever. Uh, you know, schools are going to start to close and kids are going to graduate and. You know, the ballparks are going to be full again, and everybody's going to be out running around. And we we just need to keep keep our focus on, on this time of transition. So this is a this is a big transition time for our country, and we have to remember that. And we have to definitely definitely keep our country and our our leaders in prayer and uh, the coming elections. But anyway, that all aside, I I think that. Uh, there's a verse in Psalms, uh, Psalm, Psalm uh, 119, that kind of says it all. Uh, Psalm 119 is a pretty long psalm, and we could get lost in translation. You know, but we're just going to look at one short verse, and, and I think that if we uh, 
keep our eyes on that and remember what this verse says and, and what it means. That's the thing, you know, the, the Bible's full of verses, obviously, but uh, full of verses that, that speak. And we have to listen to them when they speak. And they speak, they speak to our hearts and they definitely speak to me. But uh, Psalm uh, 119, uh, verse 10 says, I see you with, I seek you with all my heart. Seek you with all my heart. Wow, that's strong. And we have to do that too, don't we? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commandments or from your commands. Okay? Uh, sometimes we, we tend to do that. We tend to stray from what God wants us to do and what he commands us to do. And in the his commands, his commandments, you know, all one and the same. And we have to remember that. Sometimes we get we get lost. We're not listening to what God says. And my prayer is that I listen to what God says. And when I, you know, seek his heart, I, I hear him when he talks to me. And we have to listen and pay attention to what he is and make that transition that he wants us to make. Transitions of loving God. So let's let's just do that this week. Let's make a commitment to look forward, to seek God's heart, and, and to know what God's heart is, and make his heart a part of our heart. Amen and amen. Hello. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And good morning. That that was that was one of the the shorter versions of the of the the dentist message. I was just about to get toasted in. I didn't get sick. <laughs> I try to make up for last time. Anyway, <laughs> I figured you had a big speech. This is the first Sunday you're actually uh, officially back, right? So we, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got, oh yeah, I got a, yeah. I figured you had that, you know, yeah. extra things to tell us today, so I was giving you extra. Yeah, I'm pretty backed up, as they say in church world. You, you give a preacher two Sundays off, he gets backed up. Yeah, really, he backs up. He has two Sunday service in one, right? Amen. Yeah, right, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, four weeks. That's four sermons I ain't done. So you know, I, oh. I got a lot to say. Well, good morning to all of you fine folks. Good morning to you. Good morning. From from my living room to your living room to somewhere else in the middle section of the world. We all over the place. We folks get up early this morning to to connect. It's so fun. I, I like to, I like to see this as a glorified Bible class. You remember back in the day, you used to uh, go to Sunday school. We don't really do that much anymore. I understand Sunday school sometimes. I don't know the difference between that and the and the heavyweight fight down at the arena. But I like to sometimes call this little Bible class. We come and get a little informed. Get to get to have a little prayer. I mean, you know, when I was growing up, I ain't never said this. I'm gonna say it now. We had to be the church ten o'clock, and grandmother would turn on Robert Shula. 
and uh, she would have to cut them off by quarter to ten. I hated that because I liked Robert Shuler. I knew I was going to hell. I wanted to stay in heaven with Robert Shuler. I let that marinate. And so I, I, I would like to hope that, you know, for those folks who who have some stress down at the church, this can be your Robert Shuler. You can have your little taste of heaven, and because we'll be out by 8 o'clock, you don't have time to, or you don't have to conflict. Your grandmama don't have to cut you off 15 minutes early. You can enjoy it and go on wherever you would like to go. A couple things I want to remind you of. Uh, the echo on my line. Let me turn the phone off. Make sure that's not me. I don't know what happened to the echo, but that's all right. We're going to be all right. I, I like to hear myself sometimes. Uh, I would like to tell you, if you don't mind... All of you who would like to, and I know that many of you are Democratic voters. There's some of you who may not. I really don't. Not concerned about that. This is what you call an open primary state, which means that even if you're not a Democrat, if you uh, may like a candidate that you want to run up against yours, I know some Republicans who do that. Uh, they voted for Joe Biden because they wanted him to go up against Trump. That's fine. You do what you want to do. It's free country. But make sure you're heard. Uh, they're not doing much publicity. They are, you know, there's those out there who have their various reasons. You know, Republicans don't want you to vote. I'm not interested in all that information right now. Uh, I'm just trying to tell you that it's there. You can go to vote or elections, whether it will be the right address, but uh, vote.elections.virginia.gov. And if you don't, uh, most of you may not know how to do that, and that's fine. We can talk in the in the virtual parking lot, if you will, or you can give me a call. We can get that done. And you just go to that website, and they have three boxes there. Register to vote, check registration status, still find your polling place. And the, uh, the one that I'm interested in, apply to vote absentee by mail. And you click on that, and... And that will take you to another screen. You just put in your name, first name, last name, date of birth, last four of your social, and the city by which you vote. And then it has a box that say, I certify and affirm, blah, blah, blah. And you hit submit. What that does is that will send you to another box. And there you can request your ballot and you'll need your ID, whether you have a driver's license or a voter not a voter, but a ID card. It has a number on the top of it. You need that in your full Social Security number. And you'll get your ballot sent to your house for the rest of the year. And uh, I'm not going to prolong talking about that, but if you want to get more information on how easy it is, uh, you can. we can talk later in the virtual parking lot about that. So get that done. We got a primary. You can... That young lady that you heard that you were so fascinated about, she's going to need your support. And uh, those you say, well, I'll do it later. Well, you do it later, but she might lose a vote. She won't get the job. 
So it's very important that uh, we do that post-haste. She is, uh, she and other leaders that you may uh, appreciate having certain positions uh, battling. And uh, in a moment, a candidate really don't have time for you to be lazy. They need you to be fighting now. So they don't need you to forget. Please get on out there, get your stuff, and and do what you're gonna do. I don't care. Like I said, I don't care who you vote for, as long as you you count it. That's all that matters to me. And the second piece of business for Mama Bell plays. Mama, you got your fingers in the water. She feel happy now. She talked to first lady. She her world is complete. <laughs> of course, yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. All my got, life. All yeah. my life. She got a call from the woman this morning. She didn't care about me. She heard the voice. Uh. Next month, since most of us have been vaccinated, we didn't got shot up. Most of us fully. Some of us one dose and by the end of this month, we will definitely have that done. I think we need to get back out and do some exercise. And uh, we're going to do a little walk. Uh, three years ago, I started walking around downtown Norfolk. Grandmother's here. And uh, uh, my dear uh, sister Gigi is on the line as well. She walked with us. And a couple other folks have walked with us. Booth, Pastor Booth, yeah, Pastor Terrence, yeah, you here too. You walk with us. And uh, we're going to try to do that, get us out there, get exercise. See, we've been in household team, but some of us have got fat. And I just talk about me. You know, you go from one floor to the other, and you're looking for your oxygen pump. That's not good. So we're going to go for a walk, and... Uh, we're going to start that off somewhere between the middle of June and the 1st of July. July will be the third year that we, or the anniversary, should I say. We did it, like I said, three years ago, I want to say, in January or July. And so we're going to hope to do that, and we're hoping to uh, get someone special to join us. I don't want to say that. I sent an email out to see if that person would join us. And we'll see if that can happen, and if that is... Uh, done. I will definitely let you know. Uh, but all of you who can, I know some of you cannot. That's fine. We're gonna find something else for you to do. Don't don't worry. We're gonna leave nobody out around here. For those of you who know you need to get out there and get your little legs and moving, you know, prepare. Get your walking shoes out. Get your nice little running shoes. Whatever you're gonna do, get them washed and clean. And get ready to join us. We're going to go outside here in a minute. But for now, Mama Belle is going to hit them keys. She's going to tickle them. Tickle them until they get nice and squeamish. You know, when they do, when you tickle them real good, they start sounding real high.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I like to take that music and put it on, just make a CD and just go to sleep. (laughs) Uh, I love that song. First John chapter two verse nineteen. First John chapter two verse nineteen, I don't think is going to sound too much differently between this and my let me see let's say it's about the same 19 say they went out from us but they were never really part of us if they had been part of us they would have stayed with us but by going out from us They've showed they all are not part of us. Another translation says, if I can go down and read the King James, because I feel that that might say what I'm thinking, but I'm not sure. And of course, I can't find it here. There it is. It says, uh, they went out from us, but they were not of us. Ah, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest. Another one translation said that they might show their true colors. That they were not of us. I can focus on a thought this morning very quickly at least quick in my mind, is I hear on the street sometimes, I see who he is. I see who he is. And now we ask for this opportunity. We thank you, first of all, for this opportunity for us to present your case today that all those listening both now and forever will without shadow of a doubt here what it is that is being said to us and we do this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy amen amen Ah, breakfast has started cooking now. Lord have mercy. I gotta do this and smell grits at the same time. Ah It was easy last Sunday. Somebody else had to do it. I won't focus. Here we go. Tribalism. The state of being organized by or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles. Human evolution has primarily occurred in small groups. 
as opposed to people's cooperation in society as a whole. I'm going to say that again just to make sure that I understood what I said. I know you might have because sometimes you're smarter than me. But tribalism is the state of being organized by or advocating for tribes or tribal lifestyles. Human evolution has primarily occurred in small groups as opposed to people's cooperation in a society as a whole. You really want to get something done, you can't do it at a mass scope arena. You get two or three together. That's what the Bible says, with two or three together, together. Small group. Now, there's a negative connotation to tribes. In the political context, tribalism can also mean discriminatory behavior or attitudes based on loyalty. The proverb, birds of a feather flock together, describes the human tendency to form friendships, networks with people of similar occupations, interests, and habits. The expression appears to have surfaced somewhere around the 16th century, allegedly a literal translation of Plato's Republic. In 1545, William Turner wrote a version of the expression in The Rescuing of Roman Fox. Birds of a needle and color flock and fly always together. It's a wonderful expression. But then if you look at the King James Version, the American Standard, which is one of those uh, other translations, uh, a precursor, if you will, or an addition, if you will, to the, the King James Version, and there they have what is known as Ecclesiastes, you know, Ecclesiastes, but it says the birds will result unto their like, so will truth return unto them that practice in her. Birds of a bit of a feather flock together. I've heard that growing up all my life, and, and so at least Mom Bell also heard it too. So I'm glad we're in agreement. We sit here and talk together. Generally, when you hear that term, it's more negative. It's in some churches. I'm going to uh, direct my attention more so to the the Pentecostal faith. I'm definitely sure. As a matter of fact, I'm certain, as I have had some experience with many of the denominations, reformations, if you will, at least around this area. But around our church. In our hood, we used to call them cliques. You know what happens when you get to church and you get connected in the cliques. They have their little groups that met together. And somewhat those groups were demonized. And in some cases, that is a good thing to demonize the legitimacy or, should I say, the integrity of those 
particular cliques because they they presented this negative cognitation that our conversation addresses today. Those cliques were, in many cases, discriminatory. They carried bad behaviors and attitudes, and it required loyalty. But you see, the thing that I have understood about this ideology, this concept we know as tribalism, is it forces a thing called conformity. Conformity in tribalism has been defined as subjectivity or way of being, social frame in which communities are bound socially beyond immediate birth ties by the dominance of various organizations. Conformity is the act of matching attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors to group norms, politics, or being like-minded. A lot of us have come to the realization, at least those of us who live in the woke community, if you will, we are struggling with the reality of was it racism or was it just different ideas that happened to hit one community? Yes, the majority of the struggles that has happened in this country that we call America has been directed towards a race of people. But was it really because those people were black or was it because they were different? Because if you wish to say that our racism problem was just white people against black people, well, then you have to eliminate all the other folks that have also been attacked. If you look at this month, we celebrate many uh, struggles. We commemorate, we think about those. This is Jewish Heritage Month. and Nobody has to argue what the Jews have been through at least between your lifetimes. Some millions, hundreds of thousands of people of the Jewish faith, the Jewish mindset were gassed to death in chambers orchestrated by Hitler. And then not only do we focus on that which is more known, but the unknown. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. How many of our young people or middle-aged people or senior people should that should we forget those who have found themselves a little on the short side of the thinking process? Their brains might be a little bit slower than they once were. They are suffering from what we uh, somewhat demonized as Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's, depending upon how you wish to translate. All of these things are discriminatory. All of these things seemingly carry the same attitudes and the same behaviors negatively. And it forces our little groups to distance themselves. 
Then you think about this idea of tribalism. If I could just hurry on here and not waste and bore a lot of your patience of time. You think about how people often choose to conform to society rather than pursue personal desires. That is a precursor, if you will, a prerequisite of tribalism. It is often easier to follow the path of others rather than forging new ones. That is why in many cases we have found it hard and certain times of our society. An economist once argued that any time there is a crisis, one of the reasons why the base of our society is hit the most is because the base of our society is all heading in the same direction. If we all have the mindset that you work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, get off, go down to the bar, get two, three drinks, go home, pass out, get back up, do the same thing, only to get to Friday night and find yourself somewhere paralyzed, drunk, to Sunday morning when you get up and go praise Jesus. If we do that same concept when any of those things are disrupted, our lives are shifted. That is one of the things that I believe we have witnessed in the last some odd months, 14 months, 13 days, and 37 hours, if you want to be precise, but, you know, we don't have to count, really. Our world has been shifted. We couldn't go to school. Well, that shifted us. The bar was closed down. Well, they would go to get our sorrows drowned. The church was closed. Well, we can't go shout it out. What do you do when your social structure, your tribe has been disrupted? That is why I believe, at least in my mind, I've come to the conclusion of what Romans 12 and 2 really meant. Do not conform. If you focus on where everybody else is going, you're dropping the same hole everybody falls in. Going back to that economist, that piece that I was referring to five minutes ago, where he said that during the biggest struggles of our lives or our society economically, the base of our country falls into a hole, but there's a, a percentage. And no, this percentage is not the Bill Gates, the Jeff Bezos, the Donald Trumps of the world. No, 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 no. Those guys do not really... Uh, they're not really on the Richter scale, if you will. In some cases, nobody pays attention to them when they're looking at these types of things. But when you really look at that small baseline of people, those unconforming folks, dare I say one of the major aspects that you and I have come to know, we're using this line, free conference call. Most of you who have participated in services, whether it's funerals or uh, any other type of things, there some of you who love to hang out on a little thing we know as Facebook, just a little thing, Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, 
Google and all of these other entities which profited off of the last time we found ourselves in a struggle. It was in 2007-8 when the economy collapsed. Those of that was around about the time that Facebook and Google really got their footing. They were there. But that's where their footing took place. And then you look at this turn with the coronavirus, and that is where these companies were solidified. There are those who have turned and went in the opposite direction, who do not see things the same way. They are somewhat demonized, and yet when trouble hits, they are the ones who we fall to. The tendency, if I could move on quickly, to conform again occurs in small groups. That's why they get you in those little corners. Come over here, let me talk to you. Shut the door. Let me tell you how I really feel. No, no, don't tell nobody. You and me, we're going to talk. You can't have a big discussion in public. You, there's a possibility that you can be influenced. But if I get you privately, I get you over by yourself and make sure nobody else, especially those folks I know who could present an argument that could change you, I got to get you away from them. It's what they call unconscious influence, direct social pressure, if you will. A whole lot of people are doing what they're doing, not necessarily because they are believing in it. I'm a firm believer. There's a lot of folks who have no idea why they do what they do why they have the job that they have, why they have the degree that they have. If you get down to it, if you peel back the onion and get to the allergic and due section, you will find many of them did it only because they were pressured. They felt like that is what the system told them they had to do. That is what their societal system, their tribe, you got to get a good education. And what? Doesn't matter as long as you got a degree. But what am I going to do? It don't matter as long as you got it. You got to go to a good church. Why? Because you're supposed to be there. What am I going to do? It don't matter. Just be there. You got to get a good job. Doing what? Doesn't matter. Just get one. But what if I don't like it? It don't matter. Just have one. Get a good benefits package. Get a good house, a good car. Live in a good community. Why? Just because you're supposed to. There's a lot of people. In 2017, I read an article. There was this young lady, might have been 17, I had to stumble there because I wasn't sure. Please forgive me. You know, times are blurred to me. Booth can probably... Help me out here whenever maybe he can remember the millions of conversation we had, but there was a, a conversation 
that I was having with a group of people somewhere back yonder about mental health. We were struggling because we were trying to figure out how to present that argument to the black church. We don't talk about mental health around these parts. Most time, people who have mental challenges or demon possessions. But this young lady was telling the story of her husband, who she was advocating for, if you will. He had just passed. That was one of the reasons, or the reasons, should I say, why she was involved in the mental health community. This husband of hers, who had taken his life or decided that he uh, should extinguish it, however you wish to put that, that it's very um, delicate how you describe or, or articulate those things, depending on who you're dealing with. One of his main reasons, he was doing what he didn't believe in, he was living where he didn't want to, He had what he didn't have because he was told that was what he needed. It's very frustrating to me, especially in our neighborhood. And I am not against, or should I say for, the disrespecting of parents. I'm just not for that. I believe that is one of the only things we have on this side of the tracks that we actually pay attention to our parents. But you see, the other part of that coin is even though we have that respect for our parents, sometimes, sadly, that is to our detriment. Because if mama's happy and grandmama's happy, but I'm miserable, then who is really benefiting here? I'm glad you're happy that I have this wonderful opportunity. I'm glad you're happy that you can brag that I have three degrees and, and two cars in the driveway and a nice brick long house. I'm glad that you are happy about that, but if I'm miserable in it, at some point one has to ask, is respecting you at my misery worth it? If it drives me to the bar because I have to find a way to medicate my pain, that's the question that I have to ask. Conformity from tribalism can occur in presence of others when individuals are alone. They are alone trying to appease to people who don't really see them for who they are. I'm going to throw past the booth under the bus, and I think that I'm doing this right. If not, then please forgive me. He'll take the heat. He's big enough. he takes time. But one of the pieces of advice that uh, uh, Pastor Booth gave, and he told me one day as we were, I don't know why or where it came up, but he said, you know, the sad thing about some of us is we live our lives through our children, some of us. 
We want them to do what we couldn't do. So we drag them through the misery of trying to be us instead of allowing them to be themselves. That's a huge form of tribalism. And then we have to understand. Well, we don't have to do anything. You ain't got to do nothing but stay black and die. And there's some arguments that say you ain't got to stay black. At least not in spirit, you don't. But if I can make a request of you for your consideration, as I'm focused on this tribalism, I know what day it is. Let me get to that in a minute. Stay with me. I got about a good 20 minutes. Stay with me. Tribalism is very adaptive. That's the reason why this is so easy. It's an adaptive effect. In human evolutions, humans are ill-equipped to live on their own. You heard the statement that no man is an island to himself. If you go back and read Genesis, somewhere around there, chapter 2, I want to say, you know where it is. You've heard it. We've even talked about it around these parts. When God looked down with him and his board of directors, he said, you know, we got a problem down there on earth. He said, what is it, CEO God? They said, well, you know, I see the birds. I see the waters, I see the trees, I see the dogs and the cats, the lions, the giraffes, and the monkeys. They got something. They have a mate. They have other birds and dogs and cats. One dog can get with another dog and out pop 14 of them. Birds can spawn millions of birds. We don't have to go into the creepy crawling things that might make some of us feel a little bit uh, nauseous. We don't have to tell you that one roach can lay a thousand eggs and there go a thousand babies. Everybody had something and someone that was like them, but man was by himself. And God looked down and said, it is not good. for man to be alone. And hence came the necessity for tribalism. And then we go over into the New Testament where Brother Paul goes over there and he writes a letter to the people at Thessalonica and he says, encourage one another. Build each other. Why? Because We need each other. I need you. You need me. We're one body, many branches, but still 
one body. It's the social bonding tribalism is. And it's good except for when it leads to badness, bullying, if you will. Most of us do not pay attention or even think that that's what we're doing. But if I may just point out one or two details, I think that it would help to understand that some of our persuasiveness is a form of bullying. It's the use of force bullying is, coercion, hurtful teasing or threat to abuse, aggressively dominate, or intimidate. Coercion. We get together and try to trick you. Hurtful teasing. Say things out your mouth that you know is going to rub somebody the wrong way. Threatening them. Sometimes it just naturally rolls out because, sadly, we are a carnivoric society that only knows the art of fighting. I, one day, remember as a boy, woke up. I was living over in Lindenwood, and I woke up out of my room, and there was nobody doing anything. It was a bad situation. I went downstairs and grabbed the plate. My mother said, what are you doing? I said, I just wanted to drop a plate. Just saw a fighter break out right here. It was too quiet. I don't like peace. I've never known peace. Peace is boring. You ever thought about sometimes that maybe we live in a society where we just don't like peace? There's got to be a conflict somewhere because literally that is all we've ever known. Well, let me get to my point, because you're asking me a question. You're saying, what does this have to do with anything? Well, what do you think about it? Today we are celebrating something, this day of Pentecost, if you will. It's a very interesting thing this day because if you read over in Acts chapter 2, I invite you, if you want, one and two will definitely do the trick for you and give you great detail. You think about over there when they were up in the upper room, there's a couple of details that we, we want to focus on before they get there. Actually, I think we should do that first. Yeah, that, that'll make sense if we go in that order. You have these this tribe of people. Remember, there were 12 of them, 11 of them if you subtract Judas from the fray. He sent his tribe, Jesus did. He had a mission for him. He said, I want you to go out and be my witnesses. But before you do, I need you to head up yonder to a little place over there. Just hang out there for a little bit. And the reason why I need you to hang out over there, if you don't mind me explaining myself, is because 
I feel that you need something. Now, the spiritualized folks would say that you needed to go until you were drowned in, in the spirit and rolled in the floor and, and come up and doing all of the other stuff. And, and that's great. I have no problem with any of those things. There's some who say that, that you are supposed to, on the day of Pentecost, which is today, you're supposed to be rebaptized in the spirit. And, and you can go to some reformations who would say that you're not baptized until you're speaking in, in another known tongue. And, and there's definitely debate about that. I have no problem with both sides of that argument, if you will. In Acts chapter 2, if you go and read it, it said it was speaking in another language. But in Corinthians over there, he said, Paul does, he gives you a little bit of an of a argument there. He says, well, you know, there's the human language and then there's the heavenly language. So there is some, some wiggle room to agree with the unknown tongue, if you will. But that's not my point. My point is he sent them up there to this room because they needed something. They had a lot to face. They were the Mark Zuckerbergs of their society. They were the tech geeks. They were the environmentalists. They were the people who had to go out into a world and they had to go against the grain. And they needed something different. You say, well, where did you find that in the scripture? Well, go over there to Acts chapter 2. I told you, you find a lot of good details over there. When they came out there, it was in this particular part, they were speaking in a other known tongues, other tongues. What that means is there were people there who were Arabs, who Japanese, who were Chinese, who was Americans, if that existed, but let's just go with it. There were Euphrates and Samaritans and Galileans and Judeans and Guatemalians and all of these people who had all these different languages and yet they heard the same message. It was almost as if it was a, a full circle, the full circle being that time when there was a tower built. You remember that time over there when we were all speaking one language. They were all in agreement, and they were building that tower to heaven, and God had to come down and confuse the languages. And yet in this moment, he seemingly reversed what he had done some years ago. And all of these people had come out, and they were speaking in languages that they had not learned. You say, well, that makes no sense to me. You sure you're not making that up? Of course I'm not, because the scripture tells you. I told you, read Acts chapter 2. They said, wait a minute. These people are not of our education. They're not of our tribe. They're not of our social circle. They've never been to any of our meetings, and yet they know and can speak things that are supposed to be only for us. How is this? That's what they had to go to that room and wait for. They had to wait. 
the ability for the mind, for the heart, for the power to do their mission statement. I was thinking, and I'm, I'm going after this. I'm preparing for my landing. I'm going to grab my gold head and get ready. I was thinking uh, about uh, something here. As we think about this Pentecost Sunday, as we even think about church, some of you are considering returning back, and that's fine. We've always, uh, at least in my mind, I've always uh, prepared for this moment in time. As a matter of fact, that is one of the reasons why this call was placed at the time that it was so that it would not conflict with your other objectives. But I was thinking, it bothered me a little bit. Why? Why are we going? No, I'm not trying to be combative. I'm asking you a question. Actually, I'm not asking you a question. I'm asking myself this question. So just allow me this moment to talk to myself out loud. Because I've wondered. I've had this thought. It's a question that literally I have struggled with for some time now, at least over the last five some odd years I've struggled with it. I thought about it. He thought about Brother Nicodemus. You remember him? He wanted it. He saw something different. But he couldn't get out of it. He was trapped. And and that, that made me think, you know, we looked at him. We called him this big, bold-faced sinner we did. Yes, we did. But maybe he was just trapped. Is it? possible to be trapped in church, trapped in this idea, not understanding why, knowing that it may be something different, may look a little bit, should I say, have another alternative other than the norm that we have. Maybe there is something else out there, some other way. But I'm trapped here. Nicodemus was. I believe it because why else would you come and hide outside the back while Jesus was in the middle of his midnight pee? That's what he was doing. It's the middle of the night. The only thing I know you do in the middle of the night is get up and go and take care of business and go back to bed. You understand. Nicodemus had that question too. What do I got to do? Well, you got to sell all you got. Give to the poor. I don't think that was really what he wanted to do. I don't think Jesus was trying to present an argument that you should be broke because the disciples, nor Jesus was broke. Read the book. He had an unused calf. You can tell me a good businessman is going to give Jesus a fresh coat. Nobody else is used. Most time broke folks get the leftovers. You got a fresh one? Jesus won't broke. The disciples won't broke. Jesus told him, he said, Peter, you're having trouble out there? I'll tell you what, cash your nets over there. Peter had more fish when he was done to retire. 
subpoena won't broke. But yet, he said, give all you got. It was a mindset. Are you willing to leave this idea that you possess? I was thinking about this real heavily last night, yesterday actually, as I was uh, sitting here, my our lovely neighbors in the back decided that they wanted to invite us to their birthday party. It was a lovely birthday party. It lasted about 10 hours. They had some wonderful selections that you could hear all over the east side of Norfolk, I'm sure. And I became a little weary, tired of the party, decided to get up and go down to the command center. I call it the command post. I I sometimes go down there because I like to get uh, the drinks out of the fountain. I don't really like the bottles. I like the fizz and something. It does something to me. Just let me be me. I'm working on it. But I went down there, and I pulled up, and there was this lady sitting over there. And I looked at her. If you'll allow me a few moments more, I'm going to finish this up here with this, I promise. I've reached my time, I know. But I looked at that woman, and my eyes just popped on her, and I knew knew what was going on. She was begging. I looked down at my wallet, and I saw I didn't have any singles, and I just threw it back down and got out of the car and paid no attention and went over to my destination. And just as I suspected, she begged. And I turned around, something, go back in that car and get it. I said, I don't have it. Go back in that car and get it. And I got it, and I got out there, and I asked her, I said, uh, what do you need? She said, I need a dollar. I said, that's going to get you through the night. She said, well, actually, I'm hungry. And before I could realize it, the money had fell out of my hand. $5 bill. It's my Chick-fil-A money. It's okay. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm going to get it back from first lady. I'm going to steal it from the night. She don't know about it. And I went and I got it and I gave it to her and I walked around. I was a little bit mad at myself. And don't try to look at me as a good Christian because I'm not. I really thought that I just gave that woman some money to go buy some booze and some liquor and some cigarettes. You know, you know how we think. Some of us think that way. Come on, let's be real with ourselves. And I walked in the command center and I was talking to a few gentlemen. I, you know, that's where the politicians I know go to meet, you know. At sunrise, they go to get their coffee to energize themselves for the fights to come. In the evening, they go to get their booze to medicate their pain. And I was talking to some of them, and what do you know? That lady went to my back was turned. And she went in that store. Mm-hmm, sure did. And she had to mitigate a guard right in front of my face, buy some food. She was hungry. She was really hungry. And I got up to the counter, and the man was sitting there, and he, I had my cap by a little drink there, and her food was there. And he rung it all up, and it was about $5. And she looked, and she said, oh. And before I could even think, I said, put your money back in your pocket. That's your breakfast in the morning. Why did I tell you that story? Because that was the moment that I thought about it. 
How many of us have looked at those people because we come from our society? I was taking my dear uncle home and my uncle Stephen. That's all I'm going to say about that. But he made a, a comment. I looked at him and and he said, you know what, Eric? I said, what? He said, I, I, I had a lapse in judgment. I forgot. I forgot who I was. Sometimes we forget. And then sometimes it's easy to not think that we may be just maybe a 25 cents away from being that girl on the corner begging for a meal. So why do I go? Why come here? Yeah, the music is good. I was listening to it last night, blasting in my ears. Lovely music. Trying to keep from waking up first lady. It's hard now because I can't dance around the house like I used to because, you know, the walls is, is, is thin. You know, she's just on the other side of the room. She's sleeping. She works hard. You know, she does. She got to respect her. Can't wake up in the middle of the night. So I'm sitting here semi-circling semi my floor, just rocking to myself. It's good music. Dance a little bit. But after that's over, what, did, what, what, what were we there for? I never knew. And then it hit me. It hit me in the, the words of an old hymn. Why I come why this faith is so important is because of a risen Savior who's in the world today. And I know that he is living regardless of what folks say. I see his hand of mercy. What I didn't tell you is that same lady walked out the door after she got $9 out of me and Somebody else looked at her and said, that's not enough of breakfast. A friend of mine saying, I got a restaurant. Come here, and I'm going to feed you breakfast. You keep that for lunch. I see the hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer, and every time I need him, uh-huh, I need him. I'm going to need that Chick-fil-A money back. That's where Chick-fil-A sees her. I'm going to get it. Don't worry. I told First Lady it's all her fault. She's going to pay me for it. If I don't eat Chick-fil-A, I'm going to go in there and get that breakfast she just cooked. I'm going to get some food. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm going to finish this now so I can go eat. But he lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me. That's why I don't have to feel negative. I don't have to have an emotional breakdown. I don't have to pull my hair out of scratch saying because he lives. He lives. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within Somebody finish that for me. Anybody know how to finish that? You know. Just point yourself in my heart. Mama, grandma.
Most gracious and all-wise Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you, O God, of your many blessings that you have bestowed upon us day by day. God, we just thank you. And as we come, God, we just say thank you for all things. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting cover, make you perfect in every good works to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you.